0: Welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin co-host, Kali J. Hey,
1: quack quack babies.
0: We did, if anybody noticed, do like two or three episodes where Kali introduced himself and I missed identifying Kali as my best pal slash twin. So guess what? real crash and burn. We're back to the old style.
1: (laughs) I can say quack quack. I can't say my own name. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's legally not allowed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: What are you doing? You're you're enunciating everything. What I,
0: don't the hell's know. I, just <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to do for a second. <laughs> Look, my little noodles inside my little noggin are all in a twist, so <laughs>
1: If one thing comes
0: out coherent, then I'd call this a success.
1: (laughs) We've got a low bar, folks. (laughs) Just coherence.
0: Coherence, that's the goal, okay? If it's good, that's a bonus.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so that being said, (laughs) this week we watched the 2012 French film Holy Motors, a.k.a. Hello, Moto.
1: <laughs> that makes me like it more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget about Hello, Moto.
0: <laughs> TVT, oldies will know. <laughs> okay, so I picked this movie, and why did I do that? And that. <laughs> yes.
1: It's a big why for me.
0: The reason is because, well, first of all, I just thought it looked sick. I mean, that's really the bottom line. Uh, it looked sick sounded sick i wanted to watch it soon anyway fit it within the parameters Mm -hmm. and i've been wanting to get into this director for a while okay so this is directed i guess i'll just spill those beans directed by the french auteur director leos caracs he's directed some other stuff that's kind of popular within like art film the art film scene (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i guess have you seen any of his other movies
1: I have not. I have uh, heard about Boy Meets Girl. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it, though. I I did not know about him until uh, I watched Holy Motors, though.
0: Oh, okay, so I've never seen any of his other movies currently, mm-hmm. besides one short film. That's a two-minute short. It hardly counts. But I have a couple. There's a couple that I've heard a lot about that have been on my list for a while. I just haven't got a chance to watch them yet, like uh Move Sang or Lovers on the Bridge. I'm always hearing about those There's a scene in Buzzard that's inspired by a a scene in Move's Sang. So, yeah, I've been wanting to watch his films, and uh, boom, now I have. How about that? He's got a new one coming out this year, too, with uh, Adam Driver called Annette. Yeah, I just
1: saw that. Yeah,
0: could be sick.
1: Well, it says it's a musical. I'm skeptical.
0: Movie slash musical, but this could also be called partially musical. <laughs> so who knows how uh, how loosely or strongly they hold on to sure, that sure. musical aspect of it. I don't think he likes to be defined much.
1: No. <laughs> that, make, that that comes across. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I've been trying to get into this director. I wish that I currently knew more about his stuff that I I wish I had some kind of frame of reference to bring into this recording. Unfortunately... I don't. So this is my intro. This is our intro. Hell yeah! <laughs> also, maybe should mention Leos Carax acts in this movie as well. If we're already going to announce he's a director, he plays the sleeper at the beginning, and he also acted in a Jean Luc Godard film, King Lear, before. Mm. Okay, so also in this movie in the cast. Do you know how to say the man's name? Denise? Dennis?
1: I. I. Uh, we're calling. Let's call him Dennis.
0: Denis. I have no idea how to say this man's name.
1: I shall be calling him Dennis.
0: Denis Levant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, speaking of Denis, he was in a Claire Denis film, Beau Travail. He's also in Lovers on the Bridge, which is the other Leos Carax film. There's two other French actors in this that are really prominent over there, but I don't think that they've really done much that we know over here. Michael Piccoli. Uh, who's been acting since the 1950s he plays later in the movie when the main guy gets in the limousine and there's like a boss waiting for him in the yeah, limousine yeah. he's the old guy boss yep. and then Edith Scobe plays the limo driver she's in the movie Eyes Without a Face um, yeah, she's also yeah. been acting since the 50s i think that's the only movie that i recognized in her in her filmography but yeah,
1: she even puts a, has a homage and Holy Motors right, to it.
0: Right. Right. So, but like those two people have been in like hundreds of movies and have been acting totally. for 70 years. So, they have to be mentioned. And then we got two little cameos from Eva Mendez and Kylie Minogue in this. So, uh, Kylie Minogue. Not,
1: I don't what? know who the fuck that is. I don't I still don't You know, know who Kylie, Kylie Minogue is? No, I do not.
0: I just can't get you out of my head oh is that her yes and she so, also okay, does so the I... locomotion song you know the locomotion song uh how's do that the go?
1: locomotion.
0: yeah something about do the locomotion she I... does
1: not do do the yes, locomotion she does.
0: i swear to god she does she's been singing she is ha- oh, like a fuck she has like a world record for having a number one hit over five decades <laughs>
1: well at least at what i did succeed in watching this movie I got no clue what, what Kylie Minogue looks like. I couldn't. She's the couldn't girlfriend pick her at her the online. end. Yep. Oh, I I know when when she was on screen. Come um, on,
0: baby, do the locomotion. Um, Kylie Minogue. Wrong. It was actually Claire Denis who suggested casting Kylie Minogue to Leos Scarryx. So that's kind of cool too. Claire Denis famously directed High Life, which. We love. Yes. That being said, that's all the cast I'm going to go through. So Kali, tell us what the critic scores are.
1: Cricket scores are looking pretty out of this park. With Rotten Tomatoes, we got (laughs) 92%. So certified. Yeah. Metacricket, we got 84%.
0: Okay, classic.
1: Google users, 78%.
0: So not terrible.
1: No, no, they're good. Yeah. That's across the board. That's with the lowest being 78 that's great.
0: So this movie is, like I said, French. So the tr- normally we would watch a trailer right here. Trailer's not in English. Not going to do anybody any good unless you're fluent in French. Hello, French listeners. So Kali, do you want to read a plot summary? Sure. Okay. I'm going to paste one in the chat. It's kind of long, but it's good.
1: All right. From dawn to after nightfall, the life of Monsieur Oscar, a shadowy character who journeys from one life to the next. He seems to be playing roles, plunging headlong into each part. But where are the cameras? Monsieur Oscar is alone, accompanied only by his limo driver who transports him around Paris. He's like a conscientious assassin, moving from hit to hit, in pursuit of the purely beautiful act, the mysterious driving force the women, and ghosts of past lives. But where is his true home, his family, his rest? Beautiful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was great. What? You did a great job, even with the big words. I know my I, I know my big words. I have a... Uh... College Collie came out.
1: College Collie. It's a voice. That is my, <laughs> like, uh, I'm giving a performance, or I'm, like, doing a presentation to a class voice.
0: Sure. Okay. Got to get a little deeper, get some authority in there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay yeah where to start with this one prior to making this particular film he had not done a film since 1999 and for five years was trying to find funding for a big english language film and was having a lot of trouble finding people willing to invest in his work because he hadn't done anything in so long so because of that, he decided to do a smaller budget French film first to kind of like get some footing back in the modern market again and kind of show them he he still got it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, was finally able to find some funding. He did have to concede though on he had to switch to digital versus film, which he generally strongly disapproves of. But it saved a lot of money and he was able to produce this film.
1: Oh how I wish he would have have stuck to his principles and said, nope, only doing it in film. You think so? Yeah, because uh, then i think it uh, wouldn't have been made.
0: Uh golly! <laughs> Golly's rude. <laughs> anyway,
1: I'll try to keep it that to a minimum. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so this movie is, uh, let's say... What I would call a freak movie, but <laughs> what a normal person might say is uh, just super art film. Um, yeah. Super loose, open to interpretation, kind of off the wall
1: unconventional unconventional
0: that's a good one i heard somebody else talking about this movie say that this film has no interest in being a film <laughs> which i thought was a that's cool good. way to put it yeah. yeah so i think that it's really interesting kind of how he approaches his work i mean he really is just a pure artist, um, and we love to find those when we come across them. At least I do. <laughs> Kali has I... mixed opinions.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. Like, look, this is fine. It was very. It is very frustrating, and it is very unconventional in in a way that I think does either very, very much intrigue you. I don't know. Like, I from what, from what I've read from reviews, I, I think it does just draw you in, or you are kind of frustrated by it perpetually Mm -hmm. i think there are some people who are just like you know oh that didn't make any sense and i don't want to be one of those people so i did read up on it and i'm like okay i I get it and i still found it very frustrating and just not quite satisfying but i definitely respect it more Mm -hmm. and i definitely understand like understanding how meta this was and how many levels of awareness there were helped me just kind of be like, okay, do your thing, whatever. Like, (laughs) sure, man, I get it. I get what you're going for. I think
0: probably part of the frustration on the end of reviewers is that he doesn't spend a lot of time being openly analytical about his own work. He actually despises it. (laughs) And I think he just kind of makes whatever comes out of him and doesn't really consider how other people will interpret it or examine too hard why he wrote it or meanings behind Mm -hmm. things or stuff like that until he's kind of forced to confront other people's interpretations. Like, he doesn't watch dailies. He has said that he doesn't work with people who ask him questions. And he's also said... He created it, but he also doesn't have the answers. It's just kind of like what comes out of him, and Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And he kind of leaves things up to interpretation without giving any sort of satisfying answer to why or what it means. And I think that that alone is frustrating to a lot of people who want to, who just want to dig and know more and know why and aren't as comfortable just letting just experiencing the art of it i guess and yeah sure like i'm historically known as a person who loves to dig and know more and know all the answers yeah yeah yeah. but i think it's cool to be challenged on that too
1: yeah talking cars (laughs)
0: <laughs> challenging <laughs> <laughs> he also said that he feels like his films are very simple and that they could be understood by a child <laughs> and he said okay. he said if you look hard you can get lost right. in my films but kids don't get lost bring your kids to see this they'll get it right. <laughs> <Or
1: whatever. laughs> i'm back to uh hand jerk off motion <laughs> come on no what the fuck are you talking about have you met a child Kids would not sit through this.
0: He said people have brought their kids to the film. And he likes them because they don't ask questions. They just kind of watch and they take it as it is.
1: All right, he's. I challenge that. I think that. that's really
0: what he means. I... He just doesn't like to be asked questions about it. That's all. I get that. Yeah. His movies aren't
1: simple.
0: You also can't be objective about your own work too. So there is that. Especially, yeah. I think the more of a creative you are, the less you can be objective about your own work. <laughs> no, no. If you're a person like hmm, Paul Feig for example, thinking about a simple favor like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ask me all the questions, the answers are plain as they. but the more <laughs> the more like artistically creatively minded you are. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah. That's yeah. like the th- classic thing with like Bob Dylan in interviews was famously a dick because people would be asking about his lyrics and they're like who's this? Who's this? Is this about th- Is this about her? And he'd say like no, it's about Bigfoot or like he would just <laughs> completely fuck with them and like mm-hmm. and I I always thought that was so badass <laughs> until I got to this and it was challenging and I was like no nah, fuck this I don't this is like uh what I'm doing a crossword puzzle and it's just a little too hard And I just put it down. I'm like, I don't even want to do this.
0: I was just listening to an interview with a psychologist who was formerly a poetry professor who said that he Mm -hmm. gave up teaching poetry or like, he wasn't teaching poetry. He's not teaching you how to write it. He's analyzing, teaching the class how to analyze historical poetry, whatever. And he said that he loved poetry. He had like such a passion for poetry, but the act of like dissecting it with a class or whatever and just breaking Mm -hmm. down the art of it and just kind of losing all the pure emotion of the words uh in that way because you break it down so hard made him quit his job (laughs) he's kind of like i love poetry too much to let this happen to it so yeah it's kind of a similar thing i think yeah as to what we're saying about bob dylan and and as to what we're saying about leos
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Okay, so yeah, let's get into the movie. Let's see. I'll start with that it's dedicated to Leos Carax's former life partner slash mother of his child who passed away in 2011 of unknown mm-hmm. causes. Still unknown. I would love to be able to say her name. Uh, <laughs> it's super Russian. Yekaterina Golubeva? That's an attempt. So R.I.P. a real one but yeah this was uh dedicated to her and i think we'll see a couple nods to that grief of her loss uh throughout Mm -hmm. this as well starting with pretty close to the top so we open with um sort of hearing the sounds of a ship and seagulls and uh it's a guy in like a hotel sort of thing wakes up mm-hmm. his character is the sleeper and this is leos Scarax himself um who wakes up alone sleeping on two twin beds that have been pushed together so in that imagery alone is maybe a uh a symbolism of loss of someone missing there sure yeah kind of interesting he unlocks a hidden door in the wall with his key finger
1: <laughs> i was intrigued i'm like okay yeah yeah Me likey.
0: And uh, what he opens that door up to on the other side is a movie theater. This opening scene was inspired by a story called The Walled Up Door by E.T.A. Hoffman about a man who discovers a secret door in his bedroom that has been walled up that leads to a haunted opera house on the other side. And I think it's interesting knowing that context to what he finds on the other side is a darkened movie theater, darkened first screening, full of people who are all like either frozen or eyes shut asleep question mark dead question mark we don't really know what's going on there but i think it's kind of neat to try and interpret then if knowing that that part of the movie is inspired by that story where there are ghosts on the other side of the door Mm -hmm. is there something there with like him being haunted by his audience (laughs) I don't know.
1: Potentially, yeah. I could definitely see that. You know, I think whether or not you view the audience being dead or asleep or whatever state you view them in really does kind of influence literally everything else that we see in a way.
0: And how do you mean that?
1: So it's hard because you kind of have to know everything to fully understand it as a listener. But short and sweet, if you view the audience... As asleep, and then you watch the movie, and the movie is very much about kind of the f- progression into the f- into this future. It it kind of speaks to how current audiences are today, meaning you and I. Mm. Short and sweet of it.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: That yeah, ma- that's a lot of broad leaps I just made.
0: But <laughs> I- we can come back around to it again at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all those ship noises were coming from the theater. My interpretation was that then we cut to what's playing on the screen, but it it doesn't seem like that's everyone's interpretation. So my interpretation was that then we are going inside the screen and that's when we see the big house that looks like a ship and we meet the main character. Oscar. That he's what's playing on the screen. So when we meet Oscar, it was wild because I knew truly nothing about this movie. I didn't know it was French. I didn't know it was going to be so crazy. I just thought I saw one picture from it and I saw the poster and I said, that looks cool. I want to watch that.
1: Poster's pretty cool.
0: Poster's cool. And the picture that's on Letterboxed, whatever is like the Letterbox header, that's the only picture that I saw. I didn't even read the synopsis. Mm -hmm. So that was like the information I had going into this. So I truly knew nothing of what to expect (laughs) from this. (laughs) So every... Every introduction, every revelation throughout the movie was just a total surprise to me. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was kind of fun. So in that sense, too, then like what you're watching also keeps changing because you just are revealed a little bit at a time. At first, at least. Totally. So we're introduced to this man just kind of looks like he's leaving for the day for work. You know, he gets into a limo. He's got his briefcase. His little suit and tie, etc. Just looks like a guy, you know? Seems like
1: a real billionaire question mark. Cause like he's got I think
0: he's meant to be a banker.
1: Yeah. Very heavy armed security.
0: Big cosmopolis vibes at the beginning.
1: Yep. Yep. And that <laughs> did not big cosmopolis
0: vibes. <laughs> Just like uh- <laughs> yeah, this super like businessman getting into the back of this limo who, yeah, seems like a rich <laughs> banker and is literally it was exactly like cosmopolis for a minute just like shooting out all kinds of jargon talking about they're under attack and he needs protection yeah. all that kind of stuff like
1: i i wrote that i i don't want to do any more limo films
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're done with limos for a while and the limo thing's kind of funny because limos oh my God. were actually the beginning of the inspiration for this film for Leos. He had noticed that uh, stretch limos were being increasingly used for weddings and was kind of intrigued by, like, how they're simultaneously, like, ritzy and tacky at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: And they're, yeah. like, kind of
1: outdated even a little bit. Why, why get a limo? Are you a high schooler going to prom?
0: Yeah, that's like, (laughs) he's like, they kind of look rich on the outside, but then you think about what's going on inside and you're like, it's just kind of tacky, actually.
1: (laughs) Why do you need all that space? Just if you're going to have a driver ride in the back of like. A Cadillac.
0: An Uber. (laughs) Get you an Uber. Uber. Okay, so he was thinking about these cars and how outdated just having like large visible machinery is. Mm -hmm. And those cars sort of became the heart of his film. He said he kind of imagined them as long vessels carrying humans on their final journeys. And therefore, the film is sort of a science fiction in which. Humans and machines are both on the verge of extinction. Sacred motors linked together by a common fate and solidarity. Slaves to an increasingly virtual world. A world from which visible machines, real experiences and actions are gradually disappearing. Which is interesting. So when you're thinking about that. That kind of puts a shade on like how you think about what he's doing as a profession. So like all he's doing all day is, well, we haven't really gotten to it. (laughs) Yeah. All he's doing all day is going to quote unquote appointments where he gets in a different disguise for each one and acts out a scene or does some manner of acting for an audience that I guess is the theater audience, but for hidden cameras all around. So you never see the cameras. You don't know who around him is involved in each of these appointments and who was having like a quote-unquote genuine experience.
1: Yeah, that's where I... Uh... <laughs>
0: Are you stuck?
1: <laughs> that's where I... Uh... Oh, I don't want to be mean. This is where I struggled with the movie. Yeah. Because the movie is disjointed and purposefully so. It it is segmented very Mm. you know like each there is a new It's almost like
0: a uh, anthology movie just yeah instead there's just one guy doing all this stuff but yeah it is sort of disjointed in that way.
1: Yeah and so it's for me what I found out about myself by watching this movie is I I like linear storytelling you know Mm -hmm. I like storytelling that isn't too much of a hurdle i can appreciate storytelling that is a challenge like you know you're asking the audience to do a little brain work mm-hmm. and some mental gymnastics and that's fine and I, I i have a threshold for that and this exceeded that, <laughs> that threshold this was in my own head i could, it's like a bullshit meter like i i think we should break up now or whatever that movie was what is that movie? We both hated it. Charlie Kaufman.
0: Now all I can think is I think you should leave, and that's not it.
1: <laughs> I know. It's not I think you should I'm, leave now. I'm
0: thinking of ending things.
1: I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> yes.
0: That one was um, different than this, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, we're fine to disagree on that. But this, <laughs> uh, I I'm just like, look, you got to give me something to hold on to here. Mm-hmm. And if all I got is this very cool. Looking bald king who look mm-hmm. I don't want to say body goals but body goals for me yeah that is are you see in those arms
0: yeah he was Damn. like a dancer and like a physical actor for a really long time
1: yeah he's got lean muscle
0: he's got dancer bod for sure
1: Kali likey <laughs>
0: yeah I think at the beginning especially. At least this is my experience. I was trying really hard to figure out exactly what was going on and expecting more of of a, um, yeah, I guess expecting more of like a linear like things making sense kind of story. I wasn't, like I said, I was totally unprepared for like what this film would be like. I didn't know it would be so loose and artistic.
1: Yeah, I watched it over breakfast this morning.
0: It's probably a bad time to watch this movie. I actually also watched it over breakfast yesterday, or Sunday.
1: (laughs) Eh, It was okay.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot for a morning watch. It did kind of set a mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd recommend a night. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Going to sleep after watching this would be good. Yeah. Then you wake up and you can be fr- have a fresh perspective.
0: Yeah, and you'll have more of a working brain if you watch it at the end of the day versus when you just woke up. <laughs> yeah. So he's doing these appointments all day. Leo said that he wanted the he wanted to show the whole human experience taking place over one day, and also didn't want every appointment or every little like many life he has to lead to have the same degree of reality so when you're going from one to the next some are very realistic Mm -hmm. like the first one that he does is the like hunched over old lady sort of street beggar yeah who that's just a realist that person would exist you know those people do exist and actually leos Mm -hmm. is really fascinated by those women in paris and even considered making a documentary about them and how he relates to them but he didn't think he would ever finish it so he opted instead to make them a fictionalized part of this film and to sort of <laughs> give a little nod to them that way through this
1: don't make don't be like do you want to be the star of my documentary be like here's <laughs> well, he didn't a lot of earnings
0: <laughs> he didn't put any in this movie just uh gave them a nod I've also seen some critics interpret what he does as like a commentary on how people act differently around different groups of people. Just kind of that to an extreme exaggerated degree in this movie. I don't know that I fully agree with that being what's going on in here, but it's certainly a point of view, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's a lens. I'm not going to like debate that or argue that, but. Yeah, I
0: don't. There's really no right or wrong because, like I said, he refuses to give yes or no answers to what's going on in this movie. So it's all just creative interpretation. And I guess that all comes from the eye of the beholder.
1: (laughs) Oh, shut up. At that point, I was like, okay, I get it. It's about film and itself and looking at film. It's like, I get it. Just give me something more to chew on, please.
0: So the second job that this man does, the second appointment, is the motion capture thing where he gets in the suit with all the beads all right. on it, goes through a like factory and into a little dark room where he kind of does a bunch of uh, flips with weapons for a while. And then Britney Spears, a la Oops, I Did It Again, walks in the oh door. Oh
1: god. <laughs> the woman with the fucking strongest core yeah yeah (laughs) she just twists and turns she's a a little snakey
0: yeah the choreography there was so cool they do have sex question mark (laughs) Eh. they do 69ing they do sex but they're like licking the suit Right. It's all clothes on. And it it's yeah. maybe like all intended to still be a part of this motion capture thing, which we do see a little bit of that weird like 3D rendering of two aliens fucking <laughs> projected <sighs> on the wall based on their motion capture of the two people's bodies.
1: Yeah, that w- this wasn't for me.
0: And well, I think it's like, because all of this is supposed to be a sort of commentary on normal, real things becoming digitized and that being, like, maybe bad. So then when we see that 3D rendering and it looks like shit and it's, like, crazy dumb and way less cool than the real thing, like, maybe that's part of that.
1: Sure. I definitely see that, like, it was a useful scene. Yeah. It it does serve Leos' ultimate vision, that he is conveying to the audience, the more as you look at the segments or the vignettes, I kind of saw them as like different genres of movies, especially as more is revealed about Dennis or Oscar. That's his name. But yeah, by the time we were 69ing, I was like, <laughs> all right, can we move this along? And then it shows you the snake sex. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I don't. I, mean, I don't get it, but... Please, can we move this along? I'm not enjoying this.
0: <laughs> Kali hates a sex scene? This I was you not loved a sex love.
1: scene. Okay, I don't <laughs> Okay. A love is love, but no. It's about to
0: be Pride this- Month. I can't believe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I can't
0: believe you just said love is love to my face. <laughs> So after the fucking scene, we get a little bit of what happens inside the limo, which we missed for the first two, I think. We didn't really see that. But when we get to the third one, we see him in the limo. He has a full, like, theatrical makeup station in that limo, which is kind of sick.
1: Yeah, his job really is makeup artist. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's what he spends most of the time I thought doing. it
0: was really cool to like to watch him like applying all that not not stage makeup. What do you call that? Prosthetics? Like this, yes. Like all the prosthetics and things like that was like pretty cool.
1: It was very cool.
0: You don't really get to see that side of it a lot.
1: No, it, it endeared me to this character in a weird way. I was like, man, he's working his ass off. yeah because that's tiring
0: too yeah yeah
1: because at this point i had i totally understood i was like you know he's gonna just be new characters we're just gonna get little vignettes probably Mm -hmm. and then i'm i was assuming there'd be something to tie it all up and yada 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 yeah and this next character is a weird weird one
0: yeah his third guy is a leprechaun type guy um i forget what his name is mr murday or something Ugh. This is actually a reprise of a character from uh, an anthology film that this director had a segment in called Tokyo, which also has a segment by Bong Juno, which is cool. Oh. Haven't seen the film, but I'm gonna. Yeah, so this character was actually in that film first, and they brought him back for this film. He's inspired by Mr. Hyde of the notorious Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> and he's a little uh, Hellraiser.
1: He is... Uh... He's a freak, you know. Through yeah, to say the least, freak life.
0: Yeah, he romps around through a graveyard, and on all the gravestones, another thing Mm -hmm. of things becoming digitized. uh, Every gravestone says, "Visit my website" and has a web address.
1: I did like that. That was um... yeah.
0: My headstone's gonna say, "Listen to my podcast." (laughs) God. (laughs) At screen vomit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be funny i think it'd be pretty oh cool.
1: god uh how has there not been like how has that not happened yet how has someone not died it's gonna
0: happen callie will you make like, sure that happens when i die
1: yes i will make sure that happens when you die. thank
0: you <laughs> I don't need, like, my birth and death years on there and shit. Just listen to my podcast.
1: Just the link. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, di- I did like this. I thought that was... Uh...
0: He's eating all their flowers. He's raising hell.
1: <laughs> He's eating flowers. We got the website, Tombstone. He ate Tombstone. a lot of flowers. He ate a lot. A
0: ton of flowers. I'm wondering what that was like for the actor. I mean, maybe they,
1: you know, seasoned them. Ah!
0: <laughs> i mean there are like edible delectable. flowers and maybe he didn't have to he probably didn't have to like actually swallow so much of it because he's raising so much hell he could just as easily chew
1: yeah
0: but it's pretty intense he fully commits to this
1: yeah he's a little he's got one glazed eye mm-hmm. um...
0: looks insane acts insane goes to a photo shoot where we meet uh eva mendez so she's doing a photo shoot in just the middle of this like town square or whatever when he stomps up to watch for a minute. The photographer here was fun. Just like when yeah, he's shooting her, he's sent, He's just like, oh, beauty, beauty, beauty. And then when, <laughs> when this weird little freak stomps up, he starts saying, so weird, so weird, so weird. And just like over and over again. I loved that. This whole uh, bit, probably one of my faves.
1: This is probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, this was a great one. So he does bite off the photographer's assistant's fingers and yep. throws Ava over his shoulder, Yeah, takes her to a cave to smoke her cigs, eat her money, eat her hair, gets naked and goes to sleep. And yeah. she sings him a song. And the song she sings him, I've brought up on this podcast before. <laughs> uh not to be sentimental. It's the same song my mommy used to sing to my little brother when we were babies to get him to go to sleep. Oh, wow. All the pretty little horses. Hey,
1: when you were watching this, yeah. when Oscar gets naked. Yeah. Did you see Peen?
0: No, they blurred it. They blurred it. Yeah.
1: I am livid. <laughs> I have had it up to here with these streaming services taking liberties with censoring our art.
0: Was it the streaming service or was it the movie?
1: I checked. I I read online and uh, there's like a couple threads of people being like, why is voodoo blurred out the penis? And people are like, it wasn't that when I saw it in theaters, like I saw the penis. Uh, (laughs) People are like, I can't see the penis anymore. Look, stop blurring. I need to see the penis. I have been watching, you know, I I keep renting this movie to see the penis and there's no penis. kelly has been
0: Googling penis all day. I've been Googling. (laughs) I am
1: trying to be an American hero here. I am trying. I'm a pillar
0: of justice. Pillar of hog. Hog justice. (laughs) Hog justice. Hog boy at law. (laughs) (laughs) New screen name. (laughs) Ah, damn, that's good.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. No, I just the penis is blurred. That that <laughs> bummed me yeah. out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was strange, especially for how like how raw everything else exactly. in the film is. It was Yeah. Strange, yeah.
1: I don't mean to be a pedant, but it took me out of it a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was weird. But there's only there's barely hog. I mean he does get naked, matter. but yeah. um it's not a crucial part to the story at that point.
1: Well, not crucial to you. <laughs> your
0: argument is that <laughs> Hog is always crucial <laughs> to the story. <laughs> okay, so next after this, he goes to pick up a daughter from a party. I'm wondering if your interpretation was this is his real him or this is a job.
1: While watching, I was leaning that it was real, mm-hmm. but I, I was not confident. Yeah. that I mean, that's probably kind of the crux of uh, like an issue with this movie is... Because it is so open, you're always guessing. Mm-hmm. It, it was hard for me to stand on any anything very with much certainty. And was, so I'm just watching this, and I'm like, "Does this matter?" Because mm-hmm. it's this weirdly intimate view of a you know, and the dialogue doesn't really make any a t- ton of sense because. The dad's mad that the daughter didn't dance at the party. I
0: think he's mad that she lied more than anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, there's this insane punishment for lying and and well, then it ends.
0: What's the insane punishment? She, she gets no punishment. Her punishment is to be her. She has to live with herself.
1: Oh, yeah. I was like, all right. Uh, I went back to hand jerk off motion. TBH.
0: Oh, I thought that was kind of intense and cool. <laughs> so opposite reaction I, I, there
1: yeah well I th- I think mine is far more influenced by uh, I was just very annoyed by this scene I had a hard time gleaning anything meaningful from it I guess that came across as kind of like eh cheesy but eh that's just me
0: I think it's interesting how the film makes you question constantly who involved in each scenario in all, in all of this world that they are in mhm is real is being genuine or is hired to be there and is playing a role. Yeah. I think there's I mean, never there are a few times that there are definite answers, but there's not a ton. No. And so I think that that's kind of an interesting position to put a viewer in.
1: I disagree, but, but <laughs> I disagree that it's interesting.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a challenging thing to accomplish. Yeah, I think it's interesting to be challenged as a viewer. So sure. that's kind of how I think of it.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Okay, so in my interpretation of that, I think at first, because this is still pretty early in the movie, that I did think it was real. But as the movie went on, I switched to, I think that was a job. Especially yeah. once we know how the movie ends. Yeah. Which as it to.
1: progresses... I leaned more into everything. It was like a job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, except for this next part where he gets to Ugh. go fucking rock out on accordion. Never
1: mind. This is the best part. <laughs> this this is the best part. of He the gets
0: movie. to rock out with the boys. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> this part rocked.
0: They do an accordion cover of the song Let My Baby Ride by R.L. Burnside. Just him and the boys walking around town. Playing all their accordions. Walking
1: around they're walking in like a church.
0: Yeah, I thought. <laughs> well, I think they're outside for part of it. Anyway, okay, okay. it doesn't matter. They're just romping around playing accordion is what's important.
1: <laughs> uh, and guitar and drums. Uh, there's a whole like basically parade.
0: Yeah, essentially. I think doesn't it start with just him and then like kind of more and more people kind of glean on to the group.
1: Yeah, it's like that scene in Hot Rod.
0: Mm, I don't That's remember. I've uh, seen that movie like 30 times. I don't remember. Everyone's <laughs> singing
1: where they start singing and everyone comes and joins them while they're singing.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. What a great song. And it turns into a riot.
0: <laughs> and yeah.
1: they're like, wow, everyone got really riled up.
0: When I saw that movie in theaters, the person I was with um, moved a couple rows away from me because I was <laughs> laughing to an extent that <laughs> it was embarrassing to them. <laughs>
1: I get it. That,
0: <laughs> is... that person, the person I was dating and living with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Hot Rod is very, very, very fucking funny.
0: Yeah. Or at least it was in its time. I I just haven't seen it in a long time. I don't know if it holds up.
1: Oh, I've watched it recently. It hold it still mostly holds up. Oh yeah. Uh, timeless stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um uh, shout out to Hot Rod. <laughs> <protect> me. <laughs>
1: may they protect you
0: we're not talking about (laughs) so they jam they jam yeah they rock and we love rockers bottom line it's great um so next he goes and kills a man who looked just like his ass and (laughs) disguises his dead body until they're absolute twins and that man stabs him back Uh, when we think he's dead so Mm. that man probably also doing a job doing an appointment of his own and at that time i was also like are these mans a breed of alien or something where they all look the same and these aliens are this is their job
1: you know this did give me under the skin vibes too Mm, okay in the whole like she is basically doing appointments in a way and she's just picking up those guys and it is very like why are these things happening Mm -hmm. um
0: i didn't think of that but i totally see it when you say that yeah mm -hmm. that's interesting
1: just kind of left to piece things together
0: yeah and she's also in under the skin in a uh a disguise as well.
1: Total get up, yeah.
0: Interesting. So, yeah, even though this man gets stabbed, it seems like he heals because he gets hurt a couple times in the movie, what <sighs> would be fatally, and then just like later is cool. Yep. So that's a new introduction to a, a piece that he's a healer. Soon after that, mm-hmm. he also tries, succeeds in killing a banker who was just outside eaten and gets shot a bunch during that yeah, interaction right. as well
1: six times
0: yeah that banker also dressed identically to how he is dressed at the beginning of the movie when he's a banker coming out of the house and getting into the limo Mm -hmm. so there's probably something there (laughs) (laughs) if brains were a little better i'd be able to make some lines from here to there but i'll leave it to the normals (laughs) make your own (laughs) suppositions on that one So around this time also is when we finally meet a boss in the limo. Mm -hmm. And that is the point at which we find out that there are cameras involved. So thus far up to this point in the movie, like we didn't really know why he's doing this. And yeah, so now we find out that there are cameras involved. So everything he's doing is being projected to someone, presumably, like I said, the audience in the movie theater. But. Mm-hmm. Now we have confirmation of that. Yeah, my note says, "Is he jackass?" Is he jackass? <laughs> well, he, next, actually, he gets in the old man skin, and I was just thinking of like Johnny Knoxville when he gets uh, up yeah, like Johnny an Knoxville old man, <laughs> and he's just kind of going around doing pranks and causing hijinks to people, right? Yeah, he this is kind of is jackass. Well, <laughs> uh, it's it's a uh, bad he, grandpa. He basically is Johnny Knoxville and jackass. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a lot of this movie uh, has been done before. Jackass presents (laughs) Bad Grandpa 2013. Never heard of it.
0: And I think presenting Jackass as a an elevated art film. You know, there's something really inspiring about that.
1: (laughs) Well, I will. Yeah, I overdid myself on Jackass. That's how much I like Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Jackass. Lindsay and I went through a a phase where we watched all the movies and then started going through the T V show. And by season three I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Not right now. I've seen it so much. I get it. Like Yep. Nutshots. Yep. Oh. They now they did a flip on a bike and one of them didn't land. All right. <laughs> oh, there's a, a Jackass
0: was such a moment though in culture, you have to admit. <laughs> it was,
1: but they the changed is, everything
0: still, for a time.
1: It still holds up. Like, those first three movies are great movies. Mm-hmm. Uh and I feel like I feel like a lot of current day TikTok and like stunt shit goes back to Jackass. There's that's what I'm saying, like yeah, yeah. There's
0: absolutely a cultural impact. Uh not to not to write a dissertation on Jackass in our podcast right now. <laughs> but like <laughs> there's absolutely a cultural uh imprint left over from those movies and everything Huge. that they inspired beyond themselves. Yeah. I'm telling you, they changed everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. They made me want to be uh rude and dance around in a thong in stores. Anyway, back to uh Not jackass.
0: Next gig, he's an old man who goes to bed and dies. (laughs) But there's like a girl crying. It seems like he's reenacting a sort of her uncle dying kind of thing.
1: There was this weird, yeah, because there's this weird exchange at the end where he's like, all right, I'm going to go. He basically is like, I'm going to go. And
0: she's like, all right. He was feeling I think bad that he had to leave when she was in such an emotional state. Yeah. So he's like, I'm so sorry, I can't stay around. Like, I have another appointment. And she says, so do I.
1: Yeah. And and that's just one of those fucking things where it's like, oh, intrigue. Oh, is there a little something there? And it's just like, could be, could also not be. Who fucking knows? I'm personally well, not getting anything from it.
0: What were you thinking could be there?
1: what is, what does that point to does that point that points to some sort of awareness that it's breaking this situation that these situations are these vignettes are are isolated incidents of earlier he talked with his boss uh, that conversation's super important there's you know they say all that shit about performing uh, or what the beauty of the act mm-hmm. like why he he does his job basically leading back to the exchange with this this woman it's acknowledging that there's another end of this there's another person involved who's aware that this is going on this is not performing to an unaware party this is interactive theater mm-hmm. you know
0: well that still comes around again to some people know what's going on and some people probably don't like yeah my interpretation of this was and and my interpretation even is different than some others that i've read but my interpretation was that this girl hired him to reenact that scenario from her life and then mm-hmm. maybe was doing that again afterwards or had an appointment to reenact something else or whatever else she was going to do yeah i heard somebody else interpret it as she's also a person who does this gig who does the appointments um, that's mm-hmm. not how I saw it, but somebody else thought that's how they saw it. So yeah, I think throughout the movie, I mean, it just hits back on what we've already said is that you never really know how many people are are in on the gig. <laughs> totally. But in this scene, we definitely know that she's in on the gig. Yeah.
1: It's one of the first signs of confirmation from someone who we had thought to be a an unwitting participant.
0: When I was watching it, I thought she just knew from the beginning and was clearly like reenacting a moment or like, because he's on his deathbed. So my thoughts are like, maybe there's something she wished she would have said to her uncle while he was dying. And she's trying to get some sort of closure or something Mm -hmm. and and using this person in that way. So I read her from the get go as a person who was in on it.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Well, look at you.
0: I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So hell yeah. Open to interp. (laughs) i also was thinking after this because we see him peel this skin off later in the car when he's doing his makeup for his next gig what condition must his skin be in to all day be going back and forth from prosthetic to prosthetic and like having all this glue all this makeup all this whatever i was
1: thinking at one point yeah
0: yeah (laughs) the poor man's skin (laughs) and he's he's Not young, you know, like skin doesn't hold up as uh, much as it used to at a certain point.
1: (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I was worried for his skin as well.
0: (laughs) Soon after this is when his limo driver gets in a little road rage incident with another limo driver. The two passengers see each other through the window. Turns out they are old lovers. And this is Kylie Minogue's character here. Mm hmm. So while their drivers are arguing in the street, they kind of peace out and go into an abandoned building, which is the La Samaritaine building, which is a real department store in Paris, a very beautiful building.
1: Right. But in
0: this film, it's like dilapidated. It's cleared out. Um, so yeah. they go in there to hang out. They have 30 minutes, which they mention many times. Oh, we have 30 minutes. Okay, now we only have 20, 20. minutes yeah. <laughs> like to catch up on having not seen each other for 20 years and possibly thought each other were like dead or disappeared. She, at one point, breaks out into a musical number which <sighs> I personally didn't love. Yep. What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> Look, I have harsh emotional feelings towards
0: musicals, musical-style yeah. musical
1: songs, and this was a musical-style song. This felt Um,
0: like when you're watching a TV show that suddenly has like a musical episode to me.
1: And it's just like, all right, get it over with you know get yeah. back to the talking <laughs> get back to the story and right? they
0: keep mentioning how how little time they have and i'm like okay but you have time to sing a 10 minute song like shouldn't you be talking or <laughs> and
1: like i think the lyrics matter in some sense and they talk and uh, you know oh you can interpret the lyrics
0: the lyrics allegedly suggest that they had a child together which again seems to be a reference to Leos's deceased partner who yeah. was the mother of his child. So maybe she kind of represents that person as well.
1: Maybe she loved musicals. Yeah.
0: The song also co written by Leos and this guy, Neil Hannon, who is an Irish musician. Very, I think he's pretty big in the UK. Um, oh, from the band a, big, a,
1: a big Irishman, eh?
0: Look at you. <laughs> He's in the band The Divine Comedy. He also composed the theme song for the IT crowd. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But they co-wrote the song together. That's all. (laughs) Uh, I listened to a Scottish podcast about this movie (laughs) today. And they were stoked on this guy being in there, so...
1: <laughs> oh, very good for them.
0: Seemed worth mentioning. So what else happens here? She is also a gig worker like this man, and her job that she's about to go on is that she's supposed to kill herself off of this building. And her lover? So that's kind of her last appointment for the night. <laughs> and yeah, I guess and her lover. But who knows yeah. if he's hired too. I don't know. Is he also on appointment Like, we never know. They jump off the building together, and by the time Oscar gets out of the building, it's, like, just in time to see her dead body, Mm -hmm. which is upsetting to him. But, like, if she's anything like him, then she'll probably heal and be fine again, I guess.
1: Does he, like, howl? As he, he does. runs to the car.
0: Yeah, so. it's probably pretty shocking to see. I mean, someone seems like they were like in love. And like I said, the, the song alludes to them having a child together. So they had like some sort of pretty serious relationship. And then he hasn't seen her in so long, finally sees her. And then moments later, sees her like dead body all twisted up and bleeding. That's got to be pretty terrible. Gotta be. And after that, he's off to his last appointment for the night, which is to a family of chimpanzees.
1: It is. (laughs) That is what happens.
0: This is his last appointment for the night. He says goodbye to his limo driver and is kind of like same time tomorrow. So once we get that, then I come to the conclusion that he doesn't really have like a quote unquote home. Like he doesn't have a real life, a real family, a real... That's when I concluded that everything that had happened was all jobs, including the beginning, Mm -hmm. including the daughter, all that stuff.
1: To square it in my head, I considered it like he is an actor, and in this reality, actors, this is the life they live. You just live Mm -hmm. role to role. And these limos, this service, is like a public service of some kind or it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because there's no answer to it
0: but you can still interpret it (laughs)
1: you can still interpret it
0: and that's all you're gonna say (laughs) And i won't interpret
1: it i stand in defiance
0: it seems like that's kind of our job here as a movie podcast (laughs) (laughs) to interpret film (laughs) interpret and analyze um but that's Um, okay you don't want to i guess (laughs) no but that's
1: that's kind of how it how it made sense in my head while watching yeah around this point was that this is just the life of actors
0: yeah i never really thought of it that way but i think that's kind of a cool way to look at it
1: yeah i mean it's it's not ultimately much of anything moving on
0: well i was just thinking like if he's the actor portraying the actor where's the director in this
1: there is no director. Well, maybe like, there is. is. The director is the boss that he talks to in the yeah. car, maybe.
0: And that's kind of what I was thinking about. And Leos yeah. almost played that part himself as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you could even fucking point to Leos is the sleeper who ultimately watches, his who views his own film. Uh-huh. Does that mean anything? Nope. That's just a wall I just hit. <laughs> See? This is what it's like watching this movie for, for me. And analyzing so you can
0: it. think about it a lot and yeah, there's no real right or wrong. You're just thinking. Nope. And that's cool.
1: That is a very tough place for me to be. That's like kind of like contentment. Yeah, uh, you can just kind of like be with your thoughts and too much thinking. I gotta I gotta <laughs> be on the move. Too, too jittery.
0: So after this, we get the limo driver parking the car at a place called Holy Motors, the titular Holy yep. Motors. It's all limos in there. She puts on the white mask in the car, which is, like we mentioned, a direct reference to her character in the film Eyes Without a Face. Mm-hmm. She pieces out, and then all the limos start talking to each other, Toy Story style, once all the peeps are gone. They're worried they're going to become obsolete and that people won't want them around anymore. The machines are sad. At this
1: point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I... At this point, you, you've you thrown hands up and you're along for the ride.
1: No, I was just like, fine. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, get them. And this felt like him just being like, eh? Eh? You know? This is, this is crazy, huh? I'm just like, all right.
0: Yeah, he's just having some oh, fun. Oh, machines?
1: He is. <laughs> At my expense. Me personally.
0: Yeah. we do roll creds after that but at the very end of the credits it shows the theater audience again Mm -hmm. still there still in whatever catatonic state they're in still watching the screen also notable the the way that audience is filmed also like you don't often see theater audience fully lit from the front directly shot from the front either in no, a film.
1: it creates a perspective for the audience, for the audience viewing whatever film is depicting an odd, a front facing audience. Mm-hmm. Because you are effectively behind a screen of some kind, or, you know, it, uh... audience
0: watching the film, the film also watching the audience.
1: Exactly. I think yeah. of uh, Inglorious Bastards does it
0: to have them be so still though too is like in its own way unsettling
1: yeah and you when can't you see, see a group their of faces. people like
0: that yeah you can't see any of their faces when you see a large group of people like that you expect there to be some amount of stirring especially in a theater mm-hmm. you got popcorn you got you know whatever else is going on um people jostling and these people are so still and so quiet yeah that was just a cool way to end the credits as well i thought definitely all right, so that's truly rolled the credit, the that's credits. It. That is, <laughs> it's done. Rolled, boy. We've had some thoughts throughout. All right, so what do you rate this out of five?
1: Uh, ultimately, I was I found this movie tedious and kind of annoying, and uh, it is unlike anything I've I've seen. It is totally competently made and it has a vision that I think it executes well having said that I enjoyed very little of this uh <laughs> two stars
0: oh okay <laughs> yeah I think this is a hard one to rate I guess it's hard to rate this on a scale of other films because it's so unlike anything else yeah it's almost unrateable. <laughs> Yeah, I do agree that it was very competently made. I obviously, this always comes up when we do these types of films, but like, I'm obsessed with someone who creates films as art that's like pure art from their heart, from their soul. I love that things like that get to exist. I'm so happy that they are able to exist, regardless of whatever I think about them, really. But Mm -hmm. yeah, this was interesting. It was well acted and it's so unique. I think I'm going to go four. Hell yeah. Four stars. So we're opposite ends here today. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I figure. I call I was like...
0: You thought I would like it and you would hate it? <laughs> 45 minutes
1: in, I was like, yeah, this is going to be another classic.
0: <laughs> you, you said this no is like-y. Kayla's shit.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and that's fine. That's just like our tastes are I'm more into freak shit and you're more into... Uh, stuff that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I, I like a story.
0: <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just our, our taste. And that's, I yep. think, okay. Yeah. In that way, we complete the spectrum. So <laughs> I think that's good for us, actually. Yeah. All right. So would we recommend this? That's a tough one, I think.
1: that's It's a person-by-person basis.
0: Yeah, because this is so abrasive to a, oh, God. a normie would fucking lose their shit to this <laughs> my mom would have i a... think her eyes would explode <laughs> she would die she would hate this and when... i don't even hate would be too kind like i literally <laughs> think like her brains would come out of her ears yeah.
1: when uh, uh oscar was stabbed by the guy he stabbed in the neck yeah i kind of just was like why the why the fuck is this happening was my reaction and i immediately thought like my mom would be horrified by this and was so <laughs> upset by this exact yeah. thing it'd be so ab- it is just so accosting to her yeah uh, anyway yeah if like i have a coworker who loves uh gaspard no mm-hmm. i would recommend this to her i would not recommend anyone who's to... deep
0: into freak shit yeah I would, say. I would not
1: recommend it to anyone else i, I- that i can think about of the top it's of not- my head
0: it's <laughs> not it's not for your average viewer Nope. It's for people who are deep in the shit. Yep. (laughs) And that's me. And so (laughs) I would recommend this to me or other people like that. It's not for everyone. flag fly. Yeah. If you're super down to just fully take in a piece of visual art, Mm -hmm. that's this. And that's for you. And it's not for everyone. Nope. That's all right. All right. So that's that, baby. Now it's time for... Screen vomit. All
1: right,
0: here we go. All right, in this part of the pod, we talk about whatever else we've been watching—movies, shows, etc. Uh, typically, movies with us two clowns. So, Kali, what you been watching?
1: I watched The Night Comes for Us. It's on Netflix. What's that? It's this basically like martial arts movie. That is also maybe one of the goriest movies I've ever seen. Ooh. It's real fucking gnarly, nasty. I had to look away a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is always a good sign. I'm like, oh, shit, that's tight. Not a lot. makes (laughs) me look away. But like, oh, some of the things they do with knives in this movie are truly horrendous. And I thought it was great. It's just like over the top cheesy bullshit. But like the action is on point. And the gore is delightful. Nice. Um, Lindsay and I checked out The Loved Ones. It's this 2009 horror flick from Australia that is... Uh, it's good enough, you know? It's on... Uh, I think it's on <laughs> Hulu. And okay. if you got nothing to watch, it is a fine movie. I enjoyed it. Nothing that's going to blow your mind, but it is... It's good. All right. It's... Uh, yeah. Uh, And then Lindsay and I also completed richard linklater's before trilogy we watched before sunset and before midnight all right
0: <sighs> are those all romance movies or what
1: yes okay i adored this trilogy i yeah. loved this holy shit so before sunset is far more lovey-dovey and like ooh love love it was so great and that's my favorite in the trilogy before midnight is kind of this harsh realistic conclusion to everything that still ends up being very tender still just very sweet in a different way absolutely fucking loved these movies big big, big 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 recommend for the entire Before trilogy, hell yeah, and uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching.
0: Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just four.
1: Huh. I'm busy boy, and Lindsay watches a lot of uh, a lot of TV.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So, what have I watched? Okay. So, I watched a couple things. I watched this movie in the Soup, which was mm-hmm. a 1992 film with Steve Buscemi. They've got Jennifer Beals in there for any L word heads playing a like Latina woman. Uh, which is interesting because she is black. <laughs> I love early Buscemi, I'm realizing. I always knew Buscemi, oh, yeah. historically cool. Okay, nobody's arguing that Buscemi's cool. Um, but early Buscemi, 80s, 90s, early 90s Buscemi, I just love him.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've I love watching him. him.
0: Like... Also, kind of a babe. Yes. <laughs> yep. I feel like he gets dragged a lot for being ugly and... Early Buscemi's a babe, I'm sorry to say. Uh,
1: Absolutely. He just kind of pops up when you least expect it when you're watching an old movie. Yeah. And it's, it's always a delight.
0: Oh, also in this the... movie, Jim Jarmish has a part. Oh, that was okay. kind of fun. But yeah. Anyway, it was a cool movie. He's like a poor person who has no job in New York City and is trying to make a movie and meets a guy who says he's going to fund his movie Um, and they just kind of go through hijinks trying to get money to make his mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just fun. I just really liked watching it. Is that a Jarmusch flick? No. He's in it. It's oh. not it's not a Jarmusch movie. It's Alexandra Rockwell. Okay. I watched being John Malkovich for the first time. Oh, I've never seen it. You've never seen it either? Mm-mm. Okay, so being John Malkovich, first of all, have to say, it was fucking incredible. It was so good. Oh, yeah. I'm like pissed that I've waited so long to watch it because it mm-hmm. was so my shit. It was so fun. The surrealism in it. Perfect. All the actors perfect. I really, really loved it. That's a five star film. It's one of these movies that, like, people talk about this movie all the time. When I was a kid, you know, my dad owned a store that was mainly a music store, but also had like DVDs. So, like, people would sell him DVDs to sell all the time. And I saw this DVD come through millions of times. We always had a bunch of them. (laughs) I don't know why. I had so many opportunities to watch this movie and I just never have. And when I was younger, I didn't know who John Malkovich was. And I was like, who cares about John Malkovich? Who even is he? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Which is also actually part of the joke in the movie is that nobody knows who he is, (laughs) even though he's like a famous actor. It was really good. You got to watch Being John Malkovich. Great fun. So happy I watched it. All right, I got three more, I guess. I watched this movie, Seven Chinese Brothers. You'll homage to the R.E.M. song, of course. Starring Jason Schwartzman. Also has Tunde Adobempe, who is in She Dies Tomorrow that we just did on pod. Okay. If you like Jason Schwartzman, it's a good movie to watch. If you don't, then don't bother. <laughs> All right. Thank you. It's a, it's a classic Schwartzman just kind of bopping around, being a little quirky, um, doing his thing kind of movie. There's not really like a ton of like action or anything like that uh it's more just him like trying to hold a steady job and having trouble doing so (laughs) uh which is fun in its own way but yeah i enjoyed it and it's pretty short i think it's like 70 something minutes but that's really that's what it's good for you know it knows what it is and it's that (laughs) then i have two shorts that i want to mention so i watched this short long title it's called former cult member hears music for the first time Uh uh-huh It's a Christopher Borgley short um, who I've mentioned on pod before. I really like his short films and he has one feature I really like too. I put off watching this one from his collection for a long time because I thought the title was corny and sets up an expectation for what you're about to see and I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. It was a really good short, totally unexpected to what you go in expecting.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Fucking freaky and cool and rocked. Former cult member hears music for the first time. I believe it's in our Google Doc thing. Last one, I watched The Arrival, which also has a guy from True Blood in it. Okay, Michael McMillian. It's like about a little boy who gets a new baby brother and is jealous of his baby brother. So he hires a new mommy. (laughs) to make his mommy jealous and it's just pretty fun i mean it's a pretty silly premise it's fun and it's really like well produced too. the arrival that was fun okay and that's all i that's all i'm gonna mention today All right, you can find us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Subscribe if you haven't already. Please leave us a rating and review. And you can send us an email or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest a movie, ask questions. The email, by the way, is ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com.
1: Hey, I got a pod if you want to hear me talk about labor and union organizing and stuff like that it's called how to fire your boss and it's up on all the stuff now baby
0: hell yeah and speaking of unions and all that shit next week it's going to be the first week of pride month baby to celebrate that the first movie we'll be watching is the movie called pride uh the titular pride (laughs) which is a movie that has something to do with unions and that's all i know about it
1: (laughs) it does i'm very excited
0: yeah, so Kali's going to pop off as well as our special guests that we're going to have. So that will be cool. You can find that on Amazon Prime or you can rent it for like $3 on all the normal spots voodoo, YouTube, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, so check that movie out and we'll see you next week. Okay, bye bye.
1: Bye.